Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be here again with you. It's good to see you all. I'd like to begin by introducing my family. Uh, as he said, my name is Bobby McCoy. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Krista. Krista, could you stand for me, please? Hi, everyone. And then I have my son and daughter somewhere in the pews. Hey, Timothy, can you say hello to everyone? Can you say hi? And this is my daughter, Sienna. So Timothy will be three very shortly, and Sienna just turned one last week. Time is flying, so I thank God for his gift of family. Thank you, Pastor Doug, for the invitation and the welcome and this time this morning. Some of you may be aware of the organization I work with. It's called Door International, and our goal is to reach deaf people for Christ. Now, before I delve into explaining everything, I want to begin with a word of prayer. Now, just a warning, I'm going to pray in a way that gives you a taste of what deaf people's life usually looks like. Amen. I apologize. Some of you may be a bit unsure of what I was saying. I was not just signing in my heart language. I was praying in Russian sign language. So let me pray again in American sign language so you can know what I'm uh, saying. But or I'll explain a little bit in what I was just praying in American Sign Language. What I was praying is that deaf people, so oftentimes they don't know uh, what's going on in the, hearing, in the hearing world. If we could go to the next slide, please. There are 70 million deaf people worldwide, and out of those 70 million, only 2% know Jesus Christ. That number is astounding. Why do so few deaf people know Jesus? Can you go to the next slide? Ninety percent of deaf parent deaf people are born to parents who can hear. And on top of that, most of those 90% of hearing parents don't learn sign language for their children. So most deaf people grow up experiencing language deprivation. They don't have access to language. And on top of that, here in the US, the average, we're one of the most educated countries when it comes to deafness, uh, deaf education. Most deaf people on average read at a fourth grade reading level. Now, do you think the Bible is written at a fourth grade reading level? It's not, of course. So imagine a deaf person trying to read the book of Romans. Do you think that they can read that with all of the jargon, like justification, Paul's sanctification, all of the different terminology that Paul uses in the book of Romans? Deaf people don't have access to that. It's not understood. So they have to assume what it means. So deaf people, when they try to access the word of God, it's like, well, maybe God loves hearing people, but maybe he doesn't love deaf people. Does, is God for us? Is that just a hearing thing, Christianity? Next slide, please. And you may be aware that deaf people use sign language. But there's not just one sign language in the world. I'm sorry to tell you it's not that easy. 
if you go to the next slide, there are over 350 different signed languages worldwide. So let me give you some examples of the differences here. In the US, this sign means, oof, I just ate a big meal and I am full. But in Kenya, that sign means I'm dead. <laughs> so as you can see, there is a bit uh, lost in translation there. Another sign in American Sign Language, this means green, the color green. In Costa Rica, this is how you sign green, or verde. In Russia, this is the sign for green. So three entirely different signs for the same concept of the color green. And then in Russia, that sign for green, we don't have anything in the American Sign Language that uses that sign. In Costa Rica, that sign means fake. So this is just a, a sample of how languages are truly entirely different around the world when it comes to signed languages. If you could go to the next slide. There is such a need for deaf people to reach deaf people because deaf are one of the largest unreached people groups in the world. I thank God that he made us deaf. I was able to grow up in a, in a family that taught me the word of God and taught me why a relationship with God is so important. That was ingrained in me in a young age. And now because of that access to the gospel, I'm able to use my position as a deaf person to share the gospel with other deaf people in their heart language and finally help them see that God wants to communicate with deaf people too. He wants a relationship with deaf people too. So the organization I work with is DOOR International. If you could go to the next slide. DOOR's goal is for deaf people to reach deaf for Christ. DOOR's ministry is twofold. We have two areas of focus. If you could go to the next slide. The first area that we focus on is Bible translation in sign language. So it's not a written text. We don't have a book. We use video. So as I just explained, deaf people have many different variations in signed languages. And so we'll use native deaf people from a certain country working with a translation team to exegete passages and translate into their sign language. And once they decide how they're going to translate it, they work in a studio with a green screen, as you see here in this picture. And in the studio, they sign the passage. Now, translating passages into sign language is not easy because they have to entirely internalize and memorize the passage. And if they make a mistake, you can't just edit that out as you could in a written text. You have to completely start the entire passage over again. So the work is very arduous and very challenging. There's a part of um, part of the translation process is the translation is given to a consultant and this consultant is well versed and educated in original biblical Greek and Hebrew and theology and cultural context and the consultant has to check to ensure that the translation and sign language fits perfectly with the original Hebrew and Greek text in order to verify that this is 
scripture. And then once the consultant checks it, approves it, it's given to community testing to also make sure that the, the language is understandable. And then once that's done, it's approved for publication. And deaf people can finally understand the word of God. And that's the first time in over 2000 years that this is being done for the deaf community. Now, we understand that simply handing out Bibles to the deaf community isn't enough. So the other arm of our ministry, the second area, is a bit unique. It's called two by two, and it's taken from the passage in the Bible where Jesus sends the group of 70 or 72 out in groups of two by two to reach reach people. So that principle door is taken and named the second arm of our church planting ministry two by two. And so door recruits deaf people who are Christians and they recruit a skilled evangelist who's who can go out in the deaf community and evangelize. And they also recruit as the second member of the team, a teacher. And they provide training for this evangelist and this teacher to go out in the community. And the idea is the evangelist will draw people in and make them intrigued about who is God? What is this Bible you speak of? And then introduce them to the deaf teacher who will then teach in more depth the word of God. And so that's our church planting model called two by two. And those leaders, uh, we hope to eventually empower. So rather than having the two staff members that go to one, one area, they will empower the community to then continue on the church planting in their own way. And the two of them will move to a new city, a new region. So that's the two areas that DOOR focuses on, church planting and translation. And so how I specifically uh, work in DOOR, if you could go to the next slide. I have a few different roles, a few hats that I wear. I am what's called a CIT, a consultant in training. So right now I'm taking courses and doing a lot of classwork to better understand, um, contextualize the linguistics, the culture, the history of the Bible, so that eventually I can work with translation teams in another country and be a consultant for them to ensure that their translation is accurate and fits the original Greek and Hebrew and it can be verified as scripture. So if you see this picture, um, the top, the top right, I have to do a bit, think about your angle. So the top, excuse me, the top left of your um, view, this is me working with a team on their translation. And then on the bottom right photo, we are in the process of developing different resources to help deaf people uh, understand how to do this process. Because if you remember what I was saying earlier, a lot of deaf people don't have a good amount of education and um, are well-versed in reading. So if deaf people want to learn more about a topic, for example, the Lord's Supper, if deaf people want to read about the Lord's Supper and learn more, hearing people, it's really easy. You can go to Amazon and find a whole host of books on the Lord's Supper and you can educate yourself, order however many books you want, read as many books and learn all you need to learn about the Lord's Supper. But for deaf people, there are no resources to learn more about the Lord, the Lord's Supper and all of these other concepts in the Bible. And for deaf people, you have for uh, hearing churches, you have so many different 
churches available and maybe a deaf person will go into one of those hearing churches and see, oh, okay, this church has a loaf of bread and a glass of wine. Okay, and then go to another church. This one has serves crackers and a little cup of juice. Why are they different? Deaf people are curious about that. What's Who's doing it right? Is there a right or there a wrong? What is the difference? How are we supposed to know? And so we've developed these resources and the goal of that is to empower church leaders to, to know these concepts and understand these biblical concepts and also have the resources they need for Bible translation. Um, my, my God has gifted my wife in graphic design, and so she's made all of these uh, different newsletters for Door. Um, so that's her role. She does a lot of graphic design work for Door and creating newsletters. And that's how the two of us are serving uh, the Lord together through Door. If you could go to the next slide. I also want to give you just a taste of what we do in an average week. Thankfully, because of the gift of technology, we do a lot of meetings via Zoom. And so I'm able to work with deaf people all around the world, which would have been impossible 20 years ago. 20 years ago, it would have been much more time consuming and arduous because I'd have to fly from country to country. But thank God for the de development of technology. On a weekly basis, I'm able to touch base with deaf people and use an average of roughly 15 different signed languages a week. And so I'm so thankful for the impact that God has given us through technology to reach 15 different countries that then can multiply and spread to other regions. So I thank God for that opportunity. But of course, that takes a lot of learning of different languages. But I thank God for his wisdom and that um, the gift that he's given us to be able to do that and be able to communicate with people all around the world. If you could go to the next slide. Before we go ahead and start this video, I just want to say thank you for your prayers, for your support. It's been huge. It doesn't just help us, it helps deaf people to be able to do this, what I'll be showing you here. And this is sign language Bible translation. This is a sign language um, Bible from Revelation chapter 7. So if you want to go ahead and watch that. It's Revelation 7. The interpreter was just clarifying. The interpreter doesn't have the actual passage up right now, but this passage, of course, is talking about all of the different nations before the throne of God. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation represented, represented before the throne of God. And the number is innumerable. Everyone is clothed in white with palm branches.
So this, of course, is written by John, and he's explaining the vision that he sees of heaven and every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Are they all Americans? No, it's every single country, every tribe, every people group, and every language. And so deaf people are included in that. You are a part of this work to help ensure that this happens one day, that every tribe, every language is there before the throne of God. So thank you for your love, your prayers, your support in helping deaf people be able to, for the first time in history, to see, know, and have a relationship with God. So thank you. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. And if you remember the first prayer, I was praying in Russian Sign Language. I apologize the interpreter could not understand, but this time I'll be praying in American Sign Language. And this will be the way that someday we can all together worship God and communicate in a language we mutually understand. So let's pray. Father, your name is supreme. It's high and it's lifted up. So many deaf people don't know you. They don't have a relationship with you. How do we together as a church reach deaf people so that they know and have a relationship with you, Father? How do we do that? Would you help us? We thank you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you, and God bless each and every one of you. I'll turn it over to my dad. Praise the Lord. Got the green light. It's great to be here. It's great to see all of you. We're glad to be back. I was uh, talking with David before the service, and I'm so thankful that God is a generational God. And, and we're so thankful for this church. You've supported our parents, and then God's allowed my wife Darlene and I to... Uh, to follow in their footsteps with Vessels of Mercy Ministries, and we're thankful to see our children plugging in where God has them plugging in as well. So we're here this morning to say thank you. We're here to give a stewardship report. You've uh, been faithfully supporting us, and we just want to let you know that God is moving and things are happening, and our purpose here is just to bring you encouragement on what God's doing in the earth. We're also here to encourage you in the hope of your calling and in the hope of the gospel, because it's the same hope everywhere in the world. So Psalms chapter 2, oh, yeah, whenever you get a chance. There we are. This was a picture from Bangladesh. That's what Bangladesh looks like in the morning. Okay. Psalms chapter 2 starts out and it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves 
and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Well, who's his anointed? It's Jesus. And that's what we see happening in the world right now. It's like the whole world is taking counsel against the Lord and against God's ways. But then when you go on to verse 4, it says, He who sits in the heavens will laugh. There's so much going on, it can be overwhelming, but we have to remember that he who sits in the heavens is laughing because God has a plan, and the plan of God will not be stopped. And I think it's it's interesting that it's in this context that we have this verse, this famous missions verse, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for an inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Yeah, things are crazy in the earth, but but we can't get focused on that. What we need to get focused on is that God is in control and God is saying, ask me and I'll give you the nations. Amen. So again, church, we are, we're here to, to show you some slides of what God's doing through Vessels of Mercy Ministries, but we don't want you to look at these slides like that's them. We want you to look at these slides like that's us. That's our church. This is what we're a part of because you've been faithful partners with us for years, and this is part of your inheritance in the nations. When you get to heaven, you'll meet some of these people face to face. So we're here to, again, to encourage you and to say thank you. And to, and again, it's the world right now is crazier than it's ever been, and the nations are raging. But now more than ever, we need to say, Lord, give us the nations for our inheritance. Praise the Lord. So um, we're working in several different countries throughout Asia. And we started out with my parents in the Philippines, which is that little island chain in green on the, the far right there. And then mom and dad were in Vietnam, which is the pink one right across the ocean. And then if you jump over to the India, right to the right of India, that little orange country is Bangladesh. Right to the north of India, the purple country is Nepal. And then if you go down to the purple country off the east coast of Africa, that's Kenya. So those are the the nations that we're working in. And uh, we've got so many stories to tell that I'm pretty much just going to tell you a story from each nation to encourage you and let you know what's going on. Okay. So this is what the Philippines looks like. Hey, those Operation Shoe Boxes, those kids you saw were Filipinos in that picture. They send those boxes all over the world. And I just want to put in a little plug for them. We have heard story after story after story about how God uses those. And and, and it's not just a one time somebody hands them a gift. I mean, they do like six or 12 weeks of Bible Sunday school studies with these kids. And and it really is a way that they're reaching families. So I just want to encourage you with that that that's really we hear it on the other side of the world how these boxes are affecting churches and impacting families and and churches will wait for like two or three years do they get a chance to receive these boxes so that they can do outreach in their communities and so it's a big deal so thank you for that okay yeah people just meet on the floor there so we were in the philippines we we just came back a few weeks ago and we were there during rainy season because that's the time we had to be there. While we were there this year, there was like four different typhoons that went through. We were villaging, visiting this church way up in the mountains. 
So for vessels of mercy, we have we also have two emphasis, and one is meeting physical needs, felt needs like emergency relief, stuff like that. But of course, everything is leading to meeting spiritual needs because those are the most important. So this year, one of the things we did is we translated the book of Ephesians, and uh, we have a work-through study book. And so we brought it to these pastors, and, and our heart is to go to different churches in different locations and hold seminars. So this particular location, there was going to be like eight different churches that came together from that whole area to be a part of this Ephesians training. But the problem is we got there the day before and it had been raining. Of course, it rained almost every day, but I mean, they told us, they said, listen, a super typhoon is moving in. Or yeah, they, a typhoon is moving in and it could be a super typhoon. And so it was like Friday night and we were supposed to hold the seminar on Saturday. And so Friday night, Darlene and I, we woke up like three or four times because we were sleeping in a room with a corrugated metal roof. And it's wonderful to hear the rain pitter patter on the corrugated roof, but it was like deafening loud. It was pouring so hard. And we were thinking, Lord, how are we going to have, how are people going to be able to come if there's a typhoon and, and, even if they do come, how are people going to be able to hear? Because you can see the metal roof. How are people even going to be able to hear me talk if it's pouring like this? So we just said, Lord, you have us here. We trust in you. And so the seminar was supposed to start at 9 o'clock in the morning. And we went out at 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, or at 10 to 9, there was two people there. And then at about 9 o'clock, the pastor came out. We were up to about 5 and he said, the people from the north called us and said some of the roads have landslides because we were up in the mountains. And, and uh, he said, so they don't know if they'll all be able to come. And he says, and then the people from the south called us and the river they have to cross is rising. And even if they can get across it, they're worried they won't get back across. And he said, so I think we might only have 30 people today, but we have to wait a little bit. And I said, well, if it's only 30 people, then... That's what God has for us, and that'll be great. And so anyways, as you can see here, within about an hour, we had like 120 people show up. But we still had this issue with the rain. But it was amazing. When I stood up and started teaching, the rain let up for the whole time I taught. And it was quiet enough that you could hear me teach. And then when we took our lunch break, the rain picked up again. And I thought, what am I going to do this afternoon? But then the rain let up again for the afternoon session. And this super typhoon, actually, God turned it north. It went across the South China Sea and ended up hitting China. But um, we're thankful that that God gets us to where we need to go. When you pray for us and you wonder what we're doing, these are the types of things that we're doing and we never quite know what's going to come up from one day to another. But we, we do see God working mightily on our behalf. Okay. So another of the nations we work in is in Bangladesh. We, uh, again, there we're, we're translating materials. Next picture, please. And uh, doing pastor seminars. We, were, we did pastor seminars this year there on the epistles and just teaching them God's word, just giving them God's word because that's what they need more than anything else. And, and even the pastors, they just haven't had the same level of training that we have. And so a really neat story from Bangladesh was one of the younger guys, 
he had been one of our Bible school students um, five or six years ago. And so he was sitting in the first or second row. And, and as we were waiting for the seminar to start, we were talking with some of the pastors there. And so I said to him, I said, Pastor, tell me about yourself. What, what's going on? What are you doing? And because a little bit of the backstory is, is that it, the Bible school, it, it was just a small Bible school. And, and you sort of wonder how these people, what's happening with them. And this, this young pastor says, oh, I'm now pastoring two churches. And I said, oh, so brother, how many souls are under your care in these two churches? And he said, over a thousand. So uh, that was just one of the pastors there. So the, the neat thing is, is we see God multiplying his word. We see, you know, God puts it on our heart. The church is here. Help us. A, a book seems like a simple thing, but we teach these books to pastors and these pastors are in turn multiplying it over thousands. So the impact is it's a God thing. It's like the parable of the mustard seed. Okay. So yeah, there's a home, there's a children's home in Bangladesh, and the church is also through us a part of uh, feeding these kids, clothing these kids. Okay. Darlene and I were in Vietnam in the beginning of August for a little bit this year. Okay. Uh, that woman there, her name is Coop, and a neat story about a neat story about Vietnam is that it's still communist and it's still technically illegal to witness. It's technically illegal. You know, communists are atheists. They don't believe in God. They're not open to the gospel. But we're thankful that in Vietnam we get to work with the deaf and the police don't know sign language and the deaf people won't tell them. And so God, God has ways of working with people. This particular woman here was somebody that my mom first taught sign language years ago. And now she's, God used her on the news to interpret the news so all the deaf people in the country know her. And then she takes the money that the communist government gives her for interpreting the news and she uses it to, to expand the kingdom from north to south. So, so we're just thankful for the, every country. There's just these people and there's these God stories of only God could do. Okay. We got to go to Kenya this year. God had opened a door for us for Kenya several years back when Bobby was living there for a year. And door, their main lane is the two-by-two two and the Bible translation. But meanwhile, some of the leaders there said, we have all these deaf schools, and they're just in desperate need of help with some basic necessities. So if you're vessels of mercy and you meet some physical needs, can you help us with a few things? So God opened doors for us to go there this year, and we've been partnering with them and helping these deaf schools. We visited just three deaf schools this year, and they had over 800 children in just three schools. Okay. So it was neat to go there and see these little kiddos, beautiful little children. They live at the school through, you know, for, and then only go home once every couple weeks. They're residential deaf schools. Okay. So there's our daughter, Grace. Our daughter Grace is a school teacher at Michigan School for the Deaf. And so she's, God willing, going to go back to Kenya this summer on her summer break and work with these schools some more because she has a master's degree in deaf education. And then, as you can see, my mom, that was one of her bucket list dreams was to go to Kenya, and she got to go with us this year. So...
And so part of the physical needs we're helping the schools with, you're helping the schools with, is like there's a water tank up top. Uh, that's a solar hot water heater so that the kids don't have to take cold baths. And then the, the heater is a biogas where they take cow dung and they take the methane out of it and use it to imagine cooking food for 300 kids three times a day with firewood. It's just a lot. So the biogas is a big blessing. Okay. Nepal. Nepal is one of the newer countries we're going into, and there's lots of exciting things happening there. Okay. Nepal is Hindu. It's a Hindu nation, and it's so dark, and there's so many idols. But God has given us this scripture, and I believe the scripture is not just for Nepal, but it's for everywhere in the world. And that is, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen? The you means each and every one of us. It's not just me and Darlene in Nepal or Bobby in Russia or Pakistan or wherever he he's is. But it's for each and every one of us. Again, the, the world is crazy, but the good news is the purpose for that is so that our light shines brighter. Darkness will cover the earth and thick darkness the people, but the Lord will arise on you and the glory and his glory will be seen on you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So dark, Nepal is this dark place, but we see the, the, the light of the gospel making a huge impact. Okay. So part of what we do, my favorite thing to do is to go with pastors where we just ride motorcycles to the road ends up in the mountains and then we hike further into the mountains and we visit these village churches and we just share with them God's word. So down in the bottom right, that's Pastor Rupak. And then up above him is his brother, Deepak. And then their other brother's name is Ubak. Rupak, Deepak, and Ubak. So it's fun going to these places and learning these names. Okay. And again, there we're translating materials. That's Brother Sheldon Dwyer's building on the rock book translated into Nepali. And then there's a children's evangelistic book, too, that we're translating these books and spreading them like seed. Okay. This is an audio Bible. They're only like 10 bucks a piece, and they're translated into Nepali. The illiteracy rate in some of these places is very high, especially way up in the mountains where there's no schools. And so these audio Bibles, they can charge them up and they're good for 10 hours. And then they, and they, they don't have internet and everything else up there. So they will just listen and listen to the Bible. Imagine hearing the Bible for the first time in your life. That's what's happening. So we're excited to to be a part of distributing these audio Bibles. And water wells, because water is always a basic need and needed. Okay. So I want to tell you a couple quick testimonies. I was hiking with Rupak up into this village, and we were when we were leaving the village, he said, Can we stop and pray for this old blind man? And I said, Sure. And I, at first I thought, well, he must want us to pray for him because he's blind. But Rupak said, I just don't want him to die without Jesus. And I was like, wow. So we went to this blind man's place, and he was sleeping underneath this little sort of like lean-to tent thing. And, and Rupak said, Uncle, we're here to see you. I brought a friend. And this old man stirs because he was kind of sleeping. And he says, I know why you're here. You're here to tell me about Jesus. 
And I thought, oh no, this is not going well. <laughs> Technically in Nepal, it's illegal to evangelize there also because they're a Hindu nation. If you get caught baptizing, they can put you in prison for eight years. So it's, it's, but anyways, we were way up in the mountains. It was just us four. So, uh, this old man, he kept saying, I'm too old. Jesus is good, but I'm too old. And so I said, Rupak, tell him the story of the laborers in the vineyard. And it doesn't matter what hour we come, that the king, the father wants his house to be full. And that no matter, God will give us a reward. You know, if we believe in him, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. So Rupak sharing with him the laborer in the vineyard. And, uh, but the guy just still wasn't quite buying it. And he was just shaking his head and just kept saying he was too old. And then right at the end of Rupak sharing that, the Lord reminded me of the thief on the cross. And I said, Rupak, tell him the story of the thief on the cross. And so Rupak got right down in front of his face, put his hands out like he was hanging on the cross. And Rupak's a pretty lively guy as well. And he's saying, and if at the last minute, you confess with your mouth and believe your heart the Lord Jesus like the thief on the cross in his last minutes. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And it was like somebody turned on a light bulb underneath this dear man's skin and he just got the biggest smile on his face and this blind man says, I can see it. I can see it for the first time in my life. I can clearly see it. I clearly understand. And I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart, and I am so happy because I've been so worried that what will happen to me if I die? He says, but for the first time I can see it. And he says, and I will tell my wife, and she will be a Christian, and I will tell my kids, and they'll be a Christian. You know, my children, and, and we will go to church together. It was a wonderful time, but the amazing thing to me was we never even thought to pray for this guy's physical blindness because that wasn't the issue. The issue was his heart. But the issue was, was, was he really seeing it? And, and this is the theme that God's been stirring on our heart, and I'd like to encourage you with, that there's so many people all around us that we all have a mission to, but do we see it? Are our eyes open to it? And maybe at first they seem like, are you here to tell me about Jesus? But really in their heart, there's something else going on. And so that was the greatest miracle we saw was seeing this man come to Jesus. We saw many healing miracles this year, but seeing him come to Jesus, that's for eternity. Amen. Our, our natural bodies, they'll sooner or later, they'll wear out. But salvation is forever. So church, thank you for being a part of bringing souls in. Okay. I got one more quick story if you got time. Once I was dead, but now we're like, we were hiking into this village with Rupak and he said, we need to pray for this woman. And I said, why do we need to pray for her? He said, because she got sick. And whenever anybody gets sick in the village, the first thing they do is they go to the witch doctor, if they're not believers, of course. And he said, she went to the witch doctor to try and be healed, and there was nothing the witch doctor could do for her. And so the family took her to the hospital, and the hospital did everything that they could. And so the doctor said, listen, her organs are shutting down. There's nothing more we can do for this woman. Send her home and let her die in her home. Let her die in her place. And so that's what the family did. They carried her back up into this village. And when they entered the village, the witch doctor said, this week in this village, somebody's going to die. 
as if he had the power to control that, when the doctors had already said she had two days to live. Well, that fired up Pastor Rupak, and he said, wait a minute, only God decides who lives and who dies, and she's not going to die until God says it's time for her to die. And so he said, so we prayed for her, and she's still alive. And I said, so then why are we praying for her? He says, because she still has pain all over her body. And so we went and we talked to her and I said, sister, where where do you hurt? And Rupak's translating. She's like, but my head hurts, my neck hurts, my shoulders hurt, my arm hurts, my back hurts, my head. I mean, she started touching like every bone in her body. And I was like, okay, every bone in this lady, she's alive still. But she kept saying something in Nepali. She kept saying something. And uh, I didn't quite understand what she was saying. She kept repeating this phrase. And I said, Rupak, what's this phrase she keeps repeating? And he says, she keeps repeating, once I was dead, but now I'm alive. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. The worship team can come up if you want, please. And the Lord just so stirred my heart that this is the gospel message. I said, I said to Rupak, tell her this is the gospel message. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. And as long as she is alive, she's the living gospel to this village. We prayed for her that day and that night again. And the next morning on our way out of the village, we saw her and she was sitting all dressed up. She had put on a new outfit. She, she was all smiling. And I don't know how she did it, but somewhere from way up in the village, she had lipstick on the next day. But, and we said, what's going on, sister? She said, I woke up this morning. She says, and I went out to my fields and I did all my field work. And she says, and then I got cleaned up and now I'm just here relaxing and I feel fine. So praise the Lord. God, God is still healing people. God is still touching people. But the message of the gospel is that once we were dead, but now we're alive. Amen. And she's the living gospel to her village. You're the living gospel every place you go. So again, church, we just want to say thank you. There's a couple more slides real quick here. There's one special project that pastor asked us about if we had any special projects. And there's these kids living with their families in these brickyards in Southern Nepal. And the whole family works in the brickyard. Next one, these brick fields are these big things. And the kids are end up being child labored and they don't have any education. But a pastor is partnering with us for 240 kids in eight different locations. They send a teacher into the brickyard so that the kids get an education two or three times days a week in the brickyard to give these kids an education. But it's not just strictly uh, education. The pastors are going in with them and it's opening up these communities for the gospel. And so, yeah, so here's just some pictures of the brickyard kids making bricks. They make the mud, the, mud, the bricks dry, and then they fire them and they stack them. Okay, so church, thank you. Thank you because, again, this you're a part of changing lives. So... Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Don't get your eyes on the darkness, church. If the nations are raging, if the kings of the earth have set themselves, keep your eyes on the fact that God's called us. He wants to give us the nations and that we're the light. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for everything that you do. God bless you, Pastor.
Thank you, Bob, for sharing. Thank you, Bobby. We appreciate hearing this update. It's amazing to see what God is doing around the world. And we're so thankful to be partnered with both of you. Um, I, just the, the idea of having, you know, it, people's eyes opened. And then, and that's that's what they're doing, but that's that's our goal as a church. We're partnered with them in what they're doing, but we, we have so many people in America with their eyes closed and, and they're blinded and, and more, I think, today than ever, um, people are, are feeling this this hopelessness and this emptiness, even with all the material stuff that we have in this country. Um, there's just, there's, there's a blindness and there's like, there has to be something more. And so um, let's let's carry that light out. Let your light shine is our, is our Halloween event. <laughs> but that verse there was talking about letting, you know, that we are a light, that we have the light of Jesus Christ in us that we carry out with us and so we as a church are to let our light shine um, and we do that uh, we can do that personally but we're also they say we're partnered with Vessels of Mercy we're partnered with Bobby and Krista in Door International and so um we're going to take a, a, an offering. We do support them on a regular basis, but we just want to uh, bless them as they've come here and shared with us. And so we're going to take another offering for them at this time. I'm going to pray for over this offering. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for uh, Bobby and Krista. We thank you for Bob and Darlene. We thank you for the, the call in their lives, their responsiveness to the call. We thank you for your guiding and your leading in, in how to walk out the ministry that you've led them into. Lord, we thank you for your provisions for them. We thank you for the, the Holy Spirit speaking to their heart and giving them the right words at the right time to share with the people that they come in contact with. Lord, we thank you for your heart for all of these people, no matter whether they live in the, in the, the tops of the mountains or whether they're uh, a deaf community in an in, uh, impoverished place uh, in some foreign country or whether it's even in America. Um, um, that you care for all of them and you want to reach them and you are rising up laborers to do that, Lord. And we just ask you to cause all of us to have our hearts sensitive as well to how you would have us labor in the fields to reap in the harvest. Lord, we just pray a blessing upon this offering uh, and, and may it be used for your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Bob was uh, talking about uh, this uh, this uh, community, these, these kids that are making bricks, and he was telling about, about some education that was going to be done. Uh, these these kids very high illiteracy rate, and they're actually teach out in the open fields, and so they need funds to be able to get educators in there, get materials in there, and and uh, I. That was the need that he brought to us. And we happen to have somebody who gave us some money for missions that some of it was designated, but some of it said, just find a need that that's out there and, and give it, you know, where you feel is best fit. So I asked uh, Bob what what need he has and how much it was. And it turned out that that amount was the exact number of what was left. So, so it's... Um, 
So we're able to partner with him and and uh, and meet that need for him. So we're just thankful as a church to be able to join with them and and to see God's hand in it. You know that that He is providing the exact amount. So we know that He's He's orchestrating this. He's using us, and so um, it's so good to see. Um, we're gonna. I'll close in just a minute, uh, and I, I'll, I'm going to pray one more time, uh, and then uh, feel free to uh, talk to Bobby and Krista, talk to Bob and Darlene, and just um, ask any questions you might have about their ministry. And um, yeah. Dear Lord, we thank you uh, for this time of worship. We thank you that you are faithful, Lord. We pray a uh, blessing upon these missionary families, Lord, that you would uh, pr protect them, that you would give them uh, peaceful homes, that you would give them good sleep. We pray for healthy bodies, Lord, and, and the provision they need to maintain, Lord, and even in have uh, extra, Lord, that you would bless them in a way that they would be overwhelmed by your love and your care for them, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.